Sunday, May the 23rd. Welcome to this Burlington Audio Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and inspired in your faith as you listen to this message. We'd love to hear what you think. Please be in touch with us through the website. More information and many more podcasts are all at burlingtonbaptist.org.uk. Thanks for listening. Happy birthday, church. This is Pentecost Sunday and we are celebrating the birth of the church, the life of the church, the mission of the church and the wonderful joy of being part of the church of Jesus Christ, which is growing faster today than at any other time in history, growing all over the world. So happy birthday, church as we celebrate this wonderful day and all the truths that are part of it. Have you ever wondered why God chose the Feast of Pentecost on which to pour out the Holy Spirit? The Feast of Pentecost had become known as the time they would celebrate and give thanks for the giving of the law, the scriptures, the word of God. So it was at that celebration, at that moment, that God chose to pour out the Holy Spirit. There were 364 other days to choose from, but God in his sovereignty, nothing left to chance, everything with meaning, chose that particular uh, day. I wonder why. I think it's this, because it's the word of God and the Spirit of God together, which is what we need to live as the people of God. The Word of God and the Spirit of God to help us live as the people of God. Sometimes you hear churches say, don't you, hey, we're not like those churches. We take the Word of God really seriously. Hey, is there a church, uh, a real church that doesn't take the Word of God seriously? That's what being the people of God is all about. But then on the other hand, there are those other churches you know, we're not like them. We take the Spirit of God really seriously. We look forward to the outpouring of the Spirit. We celebrate the giving of the Spirit, uh, the spiritual gifts and the power of the Spirit given for mission. We're all about the Spirit of God. Hey, is there a church that isn't about the Spirit of God? Well, at least there shouldn't be. The Word of God and the Spirit of God, it's not either or, one or the other. We need both in order to be the people of God and for the church to be all that's in God's heart for uh, her to be. And so maybe that's why God gave the Spirit at Pentecost. When they were celebrating the law, they received the gift of the Spirit because you need the Word and the Spirit together. And then the people of God were on fire and they boldly went about the mission of God into all the world. And we are a product of that. And that's what we celebrate today. And as we do, and you will see the connection, I hope, we're continuing in our reset series. We're thinking about in this particular part of the reset series, which you'll remember is all about God resetting his people through a period of lockdown. This reset series, we've been thinking about a particular, uh, over these last few weeks in particular, about how God helped the people deal with their emotions during, deal with the way that they feel during a time of being totally stripped from the way of life that they were used to, 
thinking that normal would never be the same again, just like us. And yet God uh, rebooted them, God powered them up, God reset them through that experience to be his people in the world. And so we can see so many parallels as God resets us. But we're thinking then about how God helped the people of old with the way that they felt, with their feelings and every crisis brings a sense of us being overwhelmed with our feelings and we've looked at the book of lamentations that God gives us space for our lament and this is the second of two weeks when we're thinking about the book of Job and then next week we'll finish this particular section off in the book of Habakkuk and uh, we're looking forward to Simon Barrington leading us in our thoughts around the book of Habakkuk next Sunday. But today we're in the second part of the book of Job. And you may remember me uh, sharing last week that when we come to the issue of suffering and all the ways that we feel with the question why, God brings to us a bigger, deeper question. God says, do you know what? Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me more than what you've lost? As you have gone through this experience, do you still love me. But now as we move towards the end of the book, God helps put suffering in its proper place and help us understand the fullness of God's response to all of our questions, even protestations in the face of suffering. If you know the book of Job, you will know that at the, in the middle section, the big main section in the middle, there are Job's friends. We call them Job's comforters, tongue in cheek, because they weren't offering much comfort at all. At the heart, the middle section of the book of Job, it's all about human wisdom. These friends came and they tried to give Job a human answer to the question of suffering, human intellect, human rationale, human wisdom. And basically those friends were saying to Job, actually, Job, you must have done something really bad for God to be punishing you like this. Now, we know, because we were introduced to the beginning of the story of the book of Job, that that, that there was no such thing, that Job was righteous before God. He wasn't being punished at all. In fact, people, when they suffer, aren't necessarily directly being punished uh, at all. Clearly, sometimes we suffer for the mistakes that we've made. But more generally, people suffer for all kinds of reasons, above all because we live in a fallen world. But yet these comforters were coming to Job and they were saying, Job, you must have done something really bad. And that's what human wisdom says, that we deserve what we are suffering, that in some way we are being punished for something that we've done, something that we've got wrong in this life or in a former life, all this human wisdom, which in the end is no help at all. Or human wisdom, quite commonly in the face of suffering, says to us, well, there, there can't be much uh, of, of a God of love in heaven if you are left and allowed to suffer like this. And we all know, don't we, and that's what's at the heart of the book of Job, that human wisdom leads 
nowhere. It doesn't give us the answers that we are longing for. It hasn't resolved the problem of suffering. And books and lectures and debates and papers and theses have been written about the problem of suffering, but still we know that it's unresolved and deep within us comes this sense of of why, that it's not fair. How do we make sense of what we're experiencing? And then in the middle of all of this conversation between Job and his friends that is going round in circles and not getting anywhere, a young man by the name of Elihu steps up or steps forward. And he confesses that because he was young, he didn't think he should speak up in the face of all the old sages who apparently were so wise. And Elihu is brilliant and helps bring the message of the book of Job to a conclusion. Basically what he says, and we we begin to see it in chapter 32, verse 8 in particular, that the answer to the problem of suffering is found in the Spirit of God, the breath of the Almighty Spirit of God that is within us. Maybe you can already begin to see the links with Pentecost. The problem of suffering is answered in the discovery of the breath of God that is within us. And let me give you the punchline uh, right at the beginning, as it were, to make sure you don't miss it. The punchline is this. God's answer to all of our questions about suffering is to give us himself. Let me say that again. God's answer to all our questions about suffering is to give us himself. Not a proposition, but a person. And that person is God. There are answers, Eliu who explains to us in the book of Job. But he also says that if we were given those answers, those intellectual answers, that level of understanding about suffering, we actually wouldn't understand it at all. Elihu says it's like this. He doesn't use these words. This is my way of of trying to talk about what he's saying. Uh, He says it's like a, a goldfish wondering what life is like beyond the bowl. It's about a grasshopper not understanding the significance of the lawnmower coming towards him. In other words, for us to intellectually understand the problem of suffering, it's too much for us. We wouldn't understand even if God was to explain it to us. And we're going to talk more about that next week because that was Habakkuk's issue. Habakkuk stamped his foot and he said, do you know, I want to know God all about why... There is this suffering in the world. I want to understand it. And God begins to give him an understanding and it blows his mind. And he he, he has to face the facts. And as I say, we'll talk about this next week. He has to face the facts that he, he, he can't understand it. There needs to be a different response. And the same is true here. We might long for an intellectual understanding to the problem of suffering. But actually that will not resolve anything for us. Elihu or Elihu does something brilliant. He helps Job discover the truth that the answer to suffering is not in a precept or a proposition, but the answer, God's answer to suffering 
is the giving of himself to us. And this comes in a number of ways. We see towards the end of the book of Job that Job receives afresh a revelation of the person of God, a revelation of who God is. There are some wonderful chapters in the book of Job that celebrate the magnificence, the majesty of God. And as Job recaptures the fullness, the sovereignty of who God is and the security that that brings, knowing that God has everything under control, he begins to relax. His questions begin to subside. He begins to discover a peace in the person of God. And this moves into something even more intimate, even more personal for Job. Because not only does Elihu help him have a revelation of the person of God, Elihu reminds Job to enter in and to receive the experience of the presence of God. And as we get to the beginning of chapter 42 in the book of Job, Job says, do you know what? In God's presence, all my questions, all my angst, all my frustration, all my uh, uh, fighting against all that's happened begins to subside. And I realise, I realise in God's presence that the issues, the problem, the angst of suffering begins to find its rightful place. Can you begin to see why this Sunday is so important on Pentecost Sunday? When Jesus gave the Holy Spirit to his disciples, he says, there's another one coming who will bring my presence to you and who will be a comforter, a counsellor, a comforter to you. God gives us his presence through the Holy Spirit in the midst of our suffering. And as Job discovered, so many times we've discovered, that is a thousand times better than an intellectual answer. Let's pause for a moment. If you are hurting today, if you are suffering today, if you are feeling that things are unfair, everything's wrong, you've been wrongly, harshly treated by God, by others, by a situation, whatever it is, if you're feeling the angst of suffering today, there is something a thousand times better than trying to intellectually understand it. And that which is a thousand times better, is to know a revelation from God and to receive the experience of the presence of God. The Bible says that he comes to us, that he's close to the broken hearted. In our suffering, he doesn't give us a treaty or a lecture or a debate. He gives us himself. The Holy Spirit, Jesus says, will come as a counsellor and as a comforter. Receive today the Holy Spirit 
in that place in your life where you are suffering the most. It's his gift to you to be with you in it, to experience it as you do, to take that journey on for himself with you and believe you me it changes it transforms everything person of God Elihu helped Job focus on Elihu also helped Job experience the presence of God and then Elihu and Job witnessed together the promise of God you see Job's life was fully restored. Will your life be fully restored in Christ? Yes, your life will be fully restored. That's the promise of God to us that Job himself experienced. When will that happen? It will happen when God has finished with us. If uh, the story, if God's dealings with us is not, uh, is not over, then we cannot come to the conclusion that God has been unfair. We can only conclude that God has been unfair when the story is over. And when the story is over, the Bible tells us that the only thing that will be unfair is the fact that God has separated our wrongs, our sins, as far as the East is from the West. When God has finished with us, the only question that we will probably have is why we were so unfaithful through difficult times when God has been so faithful to us. When God has finished with us, the only thing that will be left unanswered is why we were full of angst towards God and we were, didn't trust him like we should, that, that we questioned him so vociferously, that we got angry and bitter and resentful towards him. When God has finished with us, the only unanswered question will be why we have not always loved him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Remember what we said at the beginning of Job that loving God with all of our hearts put us in the posture to receive God's love back. The person of God, the presence of God and the promise of God. The Bible says the Holy Spirit in us, the gift of his spirit today is a deposit, a promise guaranteeing all that is to come. A day when there'll be no more mourning, crying or pain for the old order of things will have passed away. It's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Will you receive God's presence? God's promise today in the place where you are suffering. Will you stop looking for answers in precepts and receive instead the person of God himself? That's his gift to all of us as we seek to handle our emotions, to deal with the way that we feel through these difficult days.
And whilst that's true for us every day, don't forget the big picture, the way that God himself has dealt with suffering. Jesus entered into our world and the Bible says has suffered. God himself has suffered in every way that we suffer. And when he died on the cross, he took everything that is broken and hurtful and painful and uh, full of disappointment and regret and angst about this world every longing on himself in the cross on the cross and that was nailed to the cross with him and when God raised him to new life showed once and for all that God himself will overcome all suffering God will overcome all death all pain all brokenness all sickness that over all of those things Jesus himself has conquered. And that's the promise. And the Holy Spirit in us is a guarantee of that promise one day being fulfilled. Isn't it great to be part of the church? Great to be celebrating and journeying, knowing that we know the end of the story, knowing that things are certain. Why don't you join with uh, the church in Ipswich tonight? We're praying together at seven o'clock. Harold and I will be uh, uh, chairing or sharing or comparing. It'll be Ipswich's answer to Anton Deck. So see you later. But for now this week, God bless you. This Pentecost, as we come to the end of Thy Kingdom Come, let's pray together for our town and for our churches. Day we pray for Ipswich. We long for your Holy Spirit, O Lord, to sweep through our town, to bring your kingdom here on earth today as it is in heaven. We pray for our town, for all that live there. We pray for our own streets, our neighbours, our friends. We pray for our educational establishments. We pray for those who work in the town. We pray for the industry. We pray for the council. We pray for our MPs. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on Ipswich today, we pray. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on our churches. We pray especially for Burlington, St Matthews, Ipswich International Church and Ipswich Community Church right on our doorstep. Lord Jesus, come and revive us, reunite us, cause us to be people of God who serve you, love you and share you with everyone that we meet. We pray that your Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us in this time, but your Holy Spirit will also empower us to be the people of God in the places that you have put us. In Jesus' powerful name. Spirit of the living.
Spirit of the Living God fall afresh on me. I stand or sit wherever I am right now and I invite you Holy Spirit to come and meet me. Shape me, mould me, fill me with your love and your power so that I can live for you and you alone. Holy Spirit, as we sing this next song, we invite you to come and meet us now wherever we are. 